What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 324 of the show. On today's menu, we are going to go ahead and break down everything that happened over this actually pretty amazing fight weekend. So to start off, we're going to talk about Jose Aldo and everything that he did to go ahead and dominate and defeat Rob Font. We'll also talk about, yo, the four princes in boxing. It seems like they might not be as good as we thought they once were. So we'll talk about Tank and we'll talk about Devin Haney, who also both won but had their struggles this weekend. Rafael Fazayev, Brad Riddell, we'll talk about Bellator, we'll talk about the knock I heard around the world with Sergio Pettis and Kiara Horiguchi, and so much more, man. But to go ahead and kick it off today, look, this just actually broke this morning, and I, I really do have to talk about it. But before we jump into it, everybody who is joining live uh, today, thank you so much for watching us live on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. We appreciate you guys. Remember to listen to the Fight Podcast everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Also, um, we'll make sure we put a link in the video when this is done. Uh, go ahead and check out our, um, our Substack as well. We have our Substack page each and every week. That'll be updated. We even have a new article dropping for you guys later on today. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. So make sure you subscribe. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these lives more often. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into it. Um, before anything else, man, breaking news this morning, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury is off. Tyre Woodley is now in the spot, takes a fight on short notice. Yo, this, this kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of us really wanted to go out there and see Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Even in an article that I recently wrote, I said, yo, this is one of the most anticipated fights, one of the best fights left in 2021. But unfortunately, it seems like Tommy Fury ended up breaking a rib, also had like a chest infection of some sort, and he had to go ahead and pull out of the fight. But short notice, two weeks left. Here comes Tyron Woodley, who they say has been, you know, in shape. He's been training. He, he's wanted that rematch. It was a rematch that nobody actually wanted to see except for Tyron Woodley and probably people in his camp. But now that that is actually, you know, the, the, the Tommy Fury fight is gone, this makes sense. This makes sense for Showtime, who I'm sure put a lot of money behind the promotion of this card and everything else. And to keep this fight intact, there's a little steam there. They're going to go ahead and put um, Tyron Woodley in there. Now, what happens? What do I think happens? I'm going to say the exact same thing that I said last time. If Tyron Woodley actually throws punches, Tyron Woodley wins. But if he goes out there and does the same thing that we've seen Tyron Woodley unfortunately do for the last, what, four years to be honest? I'm, I'm going to be nice. The last, you know, two and a half, three years where he's really not engaging, he's really not throwing any punches. Well, then no, I'm not going to give him the win. So if he goes out there, actually decides to throw hands, then Tyron Woodley is going to win, especially if he has his opponent hurt. But um, I, with that being said, I do feel bad for Tommy Fury. And, yo, I don't know if you follow, like, look, my lady loves, you know, Molly May. We watch Love Island. So, you know, when you kind of follow the two of them, yo, the two of these people, they got terrible luck, man. They're sick, people breaking into their crib and stuff. I feel bad for the, you know, Tommy Fury and Molly May. I hope he eventually gets this payday because, unfortunately, because of this, we he might never get that fight. 
he might never get that fight. He might never have the opportunity to go out there and, you know, have, honestly, that that spotlight on him. This was huge for his career. This was huge for him. And now that that's gone, I don't know if it's going to come back around for him. Maybe, maybe not. We'll end up seeing. Um, but a lot hangs on what ends up happening for this fight against uh, Tyron Woodley. Because if Tyron Woodley goes out there and just sparks, um, you know, uh, Paul, Jake Paul, I mean, at the end of the day, what is the market going to be to see, you know, Tommy Fury fight him? So it's unfortunate for Tommy Fury, but this is a great thing for Tyron Woodley because now he can go ahead and make do on something that he said was a mistake. He believes he won the last one. Now they have an opportunity to run it back. He can get it back or he can hurt his legacy even more. But it is what it is. That fight still is taking place. Showtime. It's Sunday, December 18th. That fight's going to happen. Uh, Tommy's talking all, not Tommy, Jake's talking all kind of trash. Like, you know, Tommy's ducking and running. Stop it. Stop it. Anybody else saying that also, that's not the case. Tommy Fury is not afraid of him. This is the biggest payday of his life. He's not going to dip up out of there because of some butterflies at this point in time. Dude's a pro fighter. He would have been in there, but uh, sucks for him. Let's see what ends up happening. All right, but let's talk about the real fights that ended up happening this past weekend. And I have to start off with, yo, Jose Aldo Jr. goes out there and turns back the clock and absolutely dominates. And I'll say it again. He dominated Rob Fine. And Rob Fine is a guy that I'm super, super high on, okay? And when you're watching this fight, and the judges had it 50-45, 50-45, and 49-46. I'm not mad at 49-46 because the first round, Rob Font started the fight off amazingly. He, You can tell he was trying to take a page out of um, Max Holloway's book when he fought against Jose Aldo, where he was trying to put a pace on him. He tried to really put a pace on him, bringing a lot of different diverse strikes, you know, dropping angles and everything. But part of me almost feels like he ended up gassing himself. And one thing that Rob Font has always struggled with, and I noticed this the first time when he fought John Lineker, is that when he's in there against a guy that actually throws bombs and really carries a lot of power, it, it really deters him. Where some guys might just kind of, you know, not saying that he, that he doesn't have a good chin because he does, um, and he's a tough dude, but when there's a super powerful dude, it kind of stifles his game a little bit. So was Jose Aldo started cooking and he really hurt him in the very end of the first round. Maybe it was about 15 or so seconds left. Maybe not even that long. Maybe 10 seconds left. Caught him with a big one-two ended up dropping Rob Font. It seemed like from that point on, Rob Font was almost gun shy. It seemed like he knew the power was coming back. And then from there on out, man, Jose Aldo just comes forward. And yo, let's be honest. Who knew after getting sparked by Conor McGregor in 2016, a lot of us, including myself to an extent, Thought that that was it for Conor McGregor. We looked at it and we said, you know what, man? Not Conor McGregor, I'm sorry, for Jose Aldo. And since then, you know, we saw him lose the two fights to Max Holloway. And it just seemed like he was done. But he kept on coming back. He continued evolving, dropping down to 35, losing to Piotr Jan. And again, it was another one of those things that we thought that this might be the last time for Jose Aldo. A guy who turned pro all the way back in August of 2000, what, 2004? So you have this guy who's continued coming downhill, continued working, continued evolving. He's been working with the, the Brazilian Navy and the boxing club down there. And his body work is just incredible. He's starting to throw leg kicks again. And the way that this dude is evolving his game and continually getting good, especially dropping down a weight class at 135, it's incredible. 
And he's on a three-fight winning streak, beating guys that a lot of people, I mean, didn't think he was going to end up beating. Beating Rob Font that was on a four-fight winning streak himself. This guy, at the end of the day, after the fight, he ends up calling out TJ Dillashaw. How could you not love that fight? And it makes perfect sense. TJ, who has been who was injured after his Corey Sandhagen fight, after his win against Corey Sandhagen, you know, he'll end up being healthy around that time. Let's make it happen in the spring. Let's make this fight happen in the spring. It makes absolute sense. Let's go out here and see, you know, TJ Dillashaw versus Jose Aldo Jr. for essentially the number one contender fight. The winner of that should fight the winner of, um, of Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Shit, put it on the same card if everybody's healthy. I love it. It's one of those tournament things. And I'll be honest with you, Bantamweight across the sport is just on fire right now. So um, really quick, before I even talk about everything else in the rest of the sport, how impressed am I by Jose Aldo in this performance? I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed. I'm impressed the way that he can continue evolving. I'm impressed his his offensive wrestling even and his control because he was the guy that at times we thought, especially towards the end of the fight, he would really gas out and take rounds off. It seems as if now he's at a point in time that he'll use that offensive wrestling and his sheer size and the weight class to hold his opponents down in control. That's what he ended up doing to Rob Fine at certain points in this fight. That was really awesome to see. Now, can he end up beating TJ Dillashaw and then end up winning the title? He's 35 years old. He's still evolving. I mean, stranger things have happened. Absolutely. I, I can say yes. I think he can. Um, it's it's a tall order. It, do I think it's probable? Probably not. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what Jose Aldo's been doing, the people that he's beaten. And, you know, if he beats CJ Dillashaw, why can't he? We'll see what ends up happening. It was incredible. Now, where does Rob Font go from here? Look, Rob Font's stock doesn't really drop that far from here. It sucks that he lost. I think that Rob Font needs to actually put on a little bit more size. Not putting on so much size that he's, you know, up an, another weight class, but he needs to have a little bit more weight to be able to absorb some of these shots, be a little bit stronger in certain positions where he can get bullied. And again, I'm not saying that saying that Rob is not a tough guy, not a strong guy, because he absolutely is. He's an elite guy in this weight class. But my only concern for Rob Font is that we've seen the best of Rob Font. And if you guys know, I love Rob Font. I love that entire team up there in New England. The New England cartel is sick. But at the top of this division and the top of this weight class is absolute killers. And for him to go out there and actually beat the top guys, he's going to have to make some adjustments in his game. He's going to have to get a little bit stronger. And, you know, he's going to have to work on that punch resistance in some way, shape, or form. So I see Rob Fine getting right back in there. I can see him getting a big win. But... Who is it going to be? I don't know. We'll end up seeing what happens next. He's going to need some time off because uh, he, he, he definitely took a gang of damage in that card. All right, uh, moving right along. You know what? Let's just go ahead and talk about it, man. Yo, Sergio Pettis, keeping with the same weight class on Friday night, Bellator 272, I believe it was. Um, Sergio Pettis goes out there and knocks out Kyori Horiguchi. With an amazing spinning back fist. And if you guys haven't seen this, again, in post, I'm going to put this up here for you guys to check it out. But he goes out there and he is losing every moment of this fight. When I say he's losing every moment of this fight, bro, from pillar to post, he was getting dog walked by Horiguchi. Horiguchi was just, just faster than him. He was out thinking him. He was out grappling him. Every component of the game, Horiguchi was winning. 
But one thing that I was really impressed by Sergio Pettis is that, yo, there's that dog in him and he never gave up. Because a lot of guys in his position that are essentially losing four rounds of a fight every moment of the fight, they'd start slowing down. They would start getting down on themselves and you start seeing guys break. I love Edson Barbosa. But when Edson Barbosa was fighting against uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, yo, we visibly saw him break. We saw when he was just like, ah, I don't want to be here anymore. Sergio Pettis doesn't seem like he has that gear. And when he could have done that with Korahuchi, seems like he was starting to come downhill. Dude, that is a, a move that he you can tell he set it up. Shooting high, right after the high kick misses, going with the spinning back fist. Crack, you get knocked out by the shots you do not see coming. Horiguchi didn't see it coming. Got absolutely flatlined. Had to get stretchered out of there. Amazing, amazing, amazing win by Sergio Pettis, who ends up keeping his belt. Um, and it was impressive because, again, yes, he went out there. And, and before this fight, I said the winner of this fight should and could be the best bantamweight in the world. Now, I'll be honest with you. Seeing the way it goes, I don't even think, uh, unfortunately, Sergio Pettis is the best bantamweight in his his organization, much less, the, much less the world, even though he still did win the fight. But one thing that Bellator does and is going to do right now, which, I was, which I'm loving, is that they went out there and they announced a bantamweight tournament. And I love this bantamweight tournament. This, and I've said time and time again that, yo... Bantamweight across the sport is the best weight class in the sport. It used to be lightweight. It used to be the glamour division in lightweight. It isn't anymore. It's bantamweight. In the UFC, from top to bottom, you from, from 1 to 10, you have guys who can win the title. For Bellator, it's the same. And they went out there, and you have Raytheon Stotts, who is somebody who could have had the title shot next. But let me just put the names out here. Sergio Pettis is going to be in this tournament. And not only is Sergio Pettis going to be in this tournament, every fight that he fights in this tournament his belt is up for grabs. So essentially, he has three fights to win the title. He has to fight each one of those to end up winning the tournament. So you have Sergio Pettis, um, Kiori Horiguchi is also in this tournament. Raytheon Stotts, the number three ranked guy. Gallagher, Hatchy Mix, the former champion, Juan Archuleta. You have Magomed Magomedov, and you have Leandro Higo. Yo, if you guys don't know these guys, this is a, first of all, it's a perfect opportunity for you to get to learn Bellator a little bit more and some of the talent that they have because any of these guys, the winner of this tournament is going to be top five pound for pound in the sport in terms of that weight class. Now, who do I say who is in my top five pound for pound bandwidth in the world? Well, look, I'm going to say Piotr Jan is my number one guy, okay? Piotr Jan is my number one guy, but... And, I, and look, I'm going to say it, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. I think Raytheon Stotts is number two. It's my eye test. I'm giving you the eye test. I think Raytheon Stotts is number two. And then after that, we can end up going with Aljamain Sterling, Horiguchi. I mean, and you can go back and forth even with, um, I mean, Corey Sanhagen is still in the mix. Yo, there's a lot of good guys at 35. But, I mean, the winner of this tournament is definitely going to be one of the best guys in the sport. So this is something to watch out for. I love that Bellator is doing this. I love that my boy Raytheon Stotts, friend of the show, is actually even, you know, got a, got a new deal because of this uh, Bantamweight tournament. So he's going to get paid a little bit more. Love that. Love seeing that. And uh, this is a lot of fun. So I love the Bantamweight tournament. I love that Bellator is doing this. And, yo, Bantamweight is in, on absolute fire right now. Got to love it. All right, moving right along. Um. 
have to talk about this one, man. Tank Davis. Tank Davis and Devin Haney. Let's go ahead and transition to boxing a little bit. Um, the They called a bunch of these lightweights the four princes. You got Devin Haney. You have Tank Davis. You have Tiafimo Lopez. And you have Ryan Garcia. People, you were calling those guys the four princes. Now, the four princes have really seemed as if recently they have really been challenged. And so let's start off this weekend with, I mean, last weekend, Teofimo Lopez ends up losing a fight to George Cambosis. Ryan Garcia has had mental health issues, which I'm not knocking him at all, but he hasn't wanted any smoke recently, so we don't even know where he's going or where he is. Shakur Stevenson isn't a part of the mix, unfortunately, but we'll throw, talk about him in a moment. George Cambosis as well. We'll talk about him in a moment. Tang Davis and Devin Haney. Both of them fought this weekend. Both of them had very tough fights. Devin Haney went out there and took care of business and get JoJo Diaz, which had I had it about 9-3, okay? Nine rounds to three. I think Devin Haney, even though there were some really tough times, he showed that he was the better guy in there. He showed he was a slicker buncher. He also showed, which a lot of people have question marks with Devin Haney, is in terms of is his toughness, his durability, and his chin. Well, he went out there, and I think he proved all those things. I think he proved that he has a dog in him. My only concern for him is that he doesn't seem to have that stopping power that he now he might not need it, but I would feel a lot more confident in Devin Haney if he had a little bit more stopping power because the higher he goes up in weight, he might not be able to get some of these guys off of him. Now, on the other hand, a guy who we know has stopping power in terms of Javante Davis, he goes out there and fights Itzhak Cruz in a fight that I think a lot of people didn't expect to go to the distance. Sure as hell, I know I didn't. This is a fight that ended up fight, finishing with a – where is it at? Um, Tank Davis ended up winning this fight two scores of 115-113 and a score of 116-112. I had a 116-112 as well. Tank Davis ended up, people believe, broke his left hand in the fight. He In a fight that towards the end he started dominating, he definitely had his timing, and I think if he never ended up being hurt, he probably would have ended up stopping Isak Cruz, but – that's no shade on Isak Cruz, who is an absolute monster. And I think it's really going to be a problem for a lot of people moving forward, okay? Um, but, yo, this is one thing that I have to say about the, the, the four princes, as a lot of them people are calling it. Yes, they're as good as we thought they were. But it's also showing that there are a lot more great guys in that weight class. 135 lightweight division. And, and you know what's crazy about it? 135 across all combat sports is really amazing right now. It's, it's becoming the premier division of the sport. You have guys who have incredible athletic ability, incredible speed, and they can knock you the fuck out. So the fact that you have all this combination of things in there, I think is a really, really, really special. And lightweight right now, I mean, honestly, if we're looking at it, we still have Lomachenko who's fighting this upcoming weekend. You have Devin Haney, Teofimo Lopez, you know, Javante Davis, Shakur Stevenson, I mean, Jojo Diaz, You again, you have 10 guys deep across all these promotions that really are going to, who are very young in the game. So boxing right now, 135 is amazing. I personally believe from what I've seen, Devin Haney is probably the best one in the bunch right now. Because of, honestly, the, the, the holes that I saw in the game from Tank this weekend, I would say it's probably Devin. I'll probably say after that is Tank Davis. Then I'll say Shakur Stevenson. Then I'm going Teofimo Lopez, even though I know he had health issues, I'm still putting him there. And then last but certainly not least, Ryan Garcia. It's great. And then let's not let's not forget George Cambosis, the champion now, who's carrying the majority of the belts. 
He's also in the mix. He's not as young as those guys, but he's still in his 20s. Dude is a monster. It seems as if he and Devin Haney have a date coming up next. Devin Haney said he'd fight him in Jupiter, so he's definitely going out there to fight him in Australia. I love that. That is going to be a great fight, hopefully Q1 of uh, 2022. So I love that fight. All right. Um, anything else? Oh, dude, one stand-up fight that I have to talk. So weekend standouts. I have to talk about the the people's main event this weekend was uh, Rafael Fiziev against Brad Riddell in the UFC. Oh, my God. Amazing fight. Very highly technical. Two guys that really respected each other. Two guys that were training partners. Two guys that were friends. They, they DM'd each other before this fight and said, yo, don't nobody want any smoke with us. Why don't we fight each other? We're, we're close in the rankings. I love it. Rafael Fiziev ended up winning the fight. Beautiful spinning back kick in the, um, in the third round. I love this fight. I don't really think either man's stock drops because it was this close and competitive and amazing fight. Love that fight. Salute to Fiziev, one of my favorite up-and-coming dudes. And I'll be honest with you, if people don't watch out, look, he's 10-1 right now. Or should I say 11-1 after that win? That dude could be a problem in the lightweight division. He should be fighting somebody in the top 10 coming up next. And I'm telling you, he gets another couple wins. He might be in that title picture. He trains down there with Sanford MMA. Those guys are incredible. Those guys are super, super, super tough. He has better wrestling and takedown defense that I think people give him credit for. And he has that it factor. He's willing to go out there and make it entertaining. He talks a little shit. Dude is fire. Gotta love Hafiel Fazeev. Amazing, amazing, amazing fight, man. But look, all in all, man, that is pretty much my weekend breakdown. It was a solid, solid weekend of fights. Salute to the legendary Jose Aldo Jr. Holy shit, man. Dude goes out there and just blows us away once again. Um, Sergio Pettis as well. Salute to the young killer. He is establishing himself as a legend in his own right. Showtime Pettis, his brother Anthony, is an amazing, he's a legend of the sport, somebody that I came up wanting to be like. Now you have Sergio Pettis is doing the same thing, making a name for himself. I love it. Salute to Sergio Pettis. Bellator, what they're doing, what their tournament. Come on, man. And I'll be honest with you. Don't be surprised if Raytheon Stotts end up winning the entire thing. Um, big fights UFC. This upcoming weekend, we have a UFC pay-per-view coming up. UFC 269 is going to be this weekend. That is um, uh, the champion Charles Oliveira against Dustin Poirier, as well as Amanda Nunes against um, Juliana Pena. I'll be breaking that down tomorrow with our betting expert, Sean Little. He's going to be on a show. You might know him from the MSG Network. He's coming on tomorrow, so we'll be talking about that and so much more, man. Love you guys. I appreciate you guys watching the show. Please, please, please make sure you subscribe to this video. Like this video. Subscribe. The more subscriptions and everything we get, the more dope shit we can do, man. So listen everywhere the five podcasts available. Um, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. We also have merch coming out soon, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. Subscribe to our Substack page. Um, it's the Fight Podcast Bulletin at Substack, so check us out there. I have a link in, in, uh, in the link below soon, and uh, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Follow us at the Fight Podcast. Follow me at Sergio Vicente. See y'all soon. Love you. Peace out.